Hey, welcome to Every Night's a School Night number 63, and it's Thursday, which means it's actually First Friday. As the guy at Trader Joe's some years back told me, Thursday is just First Friday. And every time I hear Thursday, every time I think about the fact that it's Thursday, I think about the fact that it's First Friday. Thursday is a great day. I'm still excited about that. Still excited about that exchange with that cashier. One of the best of all time. One of the best I've ever had. And I found out a little while back at another store, my favorite cashier is actually someone else I know's favorite cashier. And I feel like you you should be able to make action figures or have action figures of people like that. Like, I don't care about action heroes. I want an action figure of my favorite cashier. And I want accessories with it. I don't really pay attention to what he does. You know, uh, I guess he has like a cash register. So it could come with a little cash register. Uh, but uh, here we are. Every night's a school night. And this is going to be a traditional episode, uh, which is to say just an episode. Well, I call it traditional if it's just an episode. Uh, it's going to be different from the one a couple weeks ago, which had uh, a larger variety of music, not your traditional, not not your just normal, let's say that, not your just normal uh, every night's a school night episode. And uh, that one, it was really hard to control the levels. And I'm not going to apologize, like if any of the levels jumped out, like if the bass was too loud on one part or any of that, it was just... It was almost unmanageable for me, so if it was listenable at all, that's good enough for me, and I'm not going to apologize to my listeners. I don't apologize for things I'm not sorry for, and I'm sorry for a lot of things, so there's a lot of things that I could apologize for. So we're going to play a song by someone, a really obscure artist. You know, I know I like to highlight some of the more obscure, lesser-known artists from this era, but this one takes the cake. This is probably the most obscure artist I will ever play on here, past, present, or future. Holly Buddy. Holly Buddy. Uh, no, Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Uh, not not going to keep that joke going. Yeah, Buddy Holly was probably my introduction uh, to all of this music. You know, I know I've played at least one of his songs on here before. Uh, and he died very young, as you well know. And that's why I got into him, you know, because I didn't really have an introduction to 50s and 60s doo-wop, pop, teen music. There was nobody in my household growing up who listened to this. Both my parents graduated high school in 1966, so their taste was much more late 1960s. I know my mom's first concert was the Beach Boys, I think my dad was a Beatles fan, is is a Beatles fan, uh, but they tend to, they're more like my mom's favorite band of all time was The Doors, so I listened to that a lot growing up in the car, and I liked Jim Morrison's Screams. There was one song where he just lets out a yelp, and I would have my mom play that over and over again, just Jim Morrison yelping, screaming. Um, hey mom, play that song of the guy just screaming. And I think my mom was like, doesn't it sound like he just sat on a needle? And I would just laugh. Uh, but no, yeah, nobody in my household introduced me to uh, the doo-wop era, the Rockabilly era. I didn't have anybody who introduced that to me. So most of my introduction was through movies and just general pop culture retrospective. And of course, Buddy Holly is one of the more well-known people, in part because of his 
uh, infamous death, plane crash with Richie Valens and the Big Bopper. And so I got into all of them at one point. Uh, definitely Richie Valens. Actually, no, you know what? Uh, the La Bamba movie came out when I was very young. See, and the problem is, is there are things that were happening before I really remember. And the La Bamba movie came out and we got the tape. And so my parents would play that for me. And I don't know if Richie Valens is actually on the soundtrack or if it's all Lou Diamond Phillips doing his songs. I don't I've, I haven't seen the movie like I've never seen that movie to my knowledge, but I would have my parents play that tape over and over again. So I kind of lied there. I kind of I'm just remembering now that Richie Valens would have actually been my introduction. And, uh, you know, here I was saying my parents didn't my parents, you know, they they weren't they didn't play me any doo wop. You know, uh, I should have called Child Protective Services. No, they did play me uh, Richie Valens, so I I take everything I said back. I take everything I've ever said back, because my introduction was through La Bamba. But when I actually had free will, when I was old enough to... Uh, you know, act on my own, I got into Buddy Holly just because it was an obvious entry point, you know, that plane crash is well known. Uh, the day the music lived, as they say, it lived for me. I don't know anything about music dying. There's a lot of music that probably needs to die. Uh, but yeah, Buddy Holly was my introduction. And this is a great song of his, Girl on My Mind, and there's a CD I got, I must have been in 8th grade, I got this double CD that came out around that time, and it was Buddy Holly with some sort of backing group, and at the time, you know, I I didn't really have the same sense for things, but at the time I remember thinking, they just took existing Buddy Holly recordings, and this like modern group recorded backing vocals over them, and I still think that's, I still have this double CD set, and I still think that's what, uh, what it is. I think that this group somehow, through some weird black magic, uh, either got the rights to or didn't have the rights to and did it anyway to record their own backing vocals. I could be wrong. And it's not bad or anything, but I remember having the feeling that there was something like that going on. And I listened to that double CD today, and it sounded a lot better to me uh, this time. So I don't know what it is. Maybe, I don't know, but this song was on there, and it's one of Buddy Holly's more raw songs. It's called Girl on My Mind, and uh, it's, yeah, it's it's a ballad. It's a sad ballad, you know, Girl on My Mind. You know, just the title alone is going to tell you it's not a happy song. Girl on My Mind. Good thoughts. I'm just dwelling about a girl. I'm obsessing. Anytime you're obsessing, that's the funny thing about like when you're like seeing somebody and it's going well, you don't really obsess about it. You're just like in the flow. But if you feel like there's any like roadblock or something's gone wrong or some kind of disconnect, you find yourself preoccupied with it and you become a sap. You become a sap. No son of mine's going to be a sap. Uh, uh, people who talk that way, they all have girls on their mind. They all got girls on their minds. Uh, but Buddy Holly, Girl on My Mind, one of my favorite Buddy Holly tracks for sure, and I was reminded of it today while driving around.
could ask for more. tragedy though you know when someone doesn't like you back it's just a tragedy i feel like the older i get the more ridiculous that gets you know you think about i think about back like i remember a a christmas when i I was like 18 or 19 and like some girl that i'd kind of gone on dates with was obvious i just i picked up on that vibe that just something had shifted and she was no longer interested and i remember it just kind of ruined my christmas i was just like dwelling on it and my family was all there yeah, I'm not beating myself up over it, but I think about how that ruined that Christmas day, essentially. I, rem- I remember just being a mope, a mope and sap. You know, my bands, the mope and saps, the sap and mopes. Uh, but no, I remember being a sap, and let I just let that ruin a, a nice family Christmas day. And I look back, and I'm just like, that's so ridiculous. And I know that feeling, you know? I mean, it's a, it's a horrible feeling, so it's not like I'm really minimizing it. But yeah, I guess it's just... When you have more life experience, not to say I'm some aged old, you know, guy, but, you know, you just, you see things like that that you did when you were younger and you're just like, man, how did I let myself, how did I allow that? How did I let that become a personal tragedy? Treating it like worse than a plane crash. You know, what's worse than a, you know, a rising new uh, rock and roll star dying in a plane crash at age 21? When a girl doesn't like me back. That's how people act, though. They just let it ruin everything. Well, have you tried uh, going through her uh, Instagram and liking every single one of her posts? I know why she doesn't like you. You haven't liked every single one of her posts. You gotta give likes to get likes. I'm gonna become someone's uncle and tell them that. I'm gonna tell my children that. I'm gonna tell my non-existent nephews that. In order to get likes, you gotta give likes. It's sort of true. I mean, that's really sounds ridiculous, uh, but it's really the truth in life. You do have to give a little to get a little. You got to give a lot to get a lot. You got to give a lot of likes to get a lot of likes. There's probably songs about that. Why aren't people just singing about that? They probably are, and I just since I don't pay attention to these things, I don't know. But I feel like we should sing songs about the world around us. That's why I'm not afraid to talk about technology. That's why I'm not afraid of tech talk. Everyone's talking about TikTok. Well, you know, I like tech talk. Uh, Techie, foodie. What are you, a techie or a foodie? You know, my high school, we didn't have nerds and jocks and goths. We had techies or foodies. If you come to my high school, that table is where the techies sit and this table's where the foodies sit. 
and we don't mix. But uh, yeah, it's funny, that song, you know, Girl on My Mind, it's about a guy who's uh, single and essentially free, who isn't free because he's just got this prison of his own mind that he's stuck in, this girl on my mind. And this next song is going to be a little different. Uh, It's going to be Mary Ellen, not to be confused with Margaret Susan, better better known as Peggy Sue who might be the girl who was on Buddy Holly's mind, but no, this isn't Margaret Susan, Peggy Sue. This is Mary Ellen, and it's coming from the opposite place, which is, I'd rather be set free. So she's a woman in a relationship, in a marriage with a baby, and she'd rather be set free. Texas, a 10th grade chemistry teacher who annually lets her students set her on fire. What's all that about? Uh, I do. I bubble some methane through a secret solution. I don't want them to try it at home, so I don't tell them what it is. Uh, But it fills up the bubbles, methane that's flammable. So then I hold the bubbles, I give them a stick, they light it up, and I... Nothing will set you free like getting set on fire. Just ask Joan of Arc. Just ask Joan of Arc. Turns out Joan of Arc was actually a teacher, and she was set on fire by her students. History was revised. Uh, A classic case of historical revisionism. Completely changed the way we look at Joan of Arc. She was a school teacher who used to let her, her chemistry students light her aflame. It's not funny. How dare you talk about Joan of Arc? 
How dare you bring Joan of Arc into this? Uh, I'm going to bring someone else into this who's uh, not a stranger to the show, and he's not a stranger to anybody. He's a strange-looking guy these days, and he has been for a while because of the plastic surgery disaster, the plastic surgery epidemic that affects these freaks in Hollywood, and not just in Hollywood, but anybody with too much money. Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton, who, you know, he's he's, uh, associated with cheesy Vegas, you know, uh, performances. I'm not a fan of what he's been doing for the past number of decades. I'm not a fan of what he looks like. I take that back. I'm a fan of what he looks like. I do. I appreciate somebody who looks like has that just stretched so smooth skin. I mean, I'm probably I'm probably like 50 years younger. You know, I'm probably 40 years younger, at least than Wayne Newton. And uh, he looks younger than I do. Not really. Uh, he just has really smooth, shiny skin. And uh, this is going to be very young Wayne Newton, though. He was actually a chubby kid, and I like it. It's He was this chubby kid with almost a eunuch's voice, almost like a, you know, he almost sounded like a eunuch. He could get really high and effeminate, and it's beautiful. His early voice, his, his voice in general. I mean, I can't say that Wayne Newton has lost his voice or anything like that, but when he was doing this, there was something extra special about it, and the songwriting is really the most important part. It doesn't matter how good of a singer you are, the songwriting is so crucial. And that's why I like a lot of these artists' early stuff, because they were doing what was popular at the time, which was teen pop and doo-wop, but the melodies and note choices speak to me. They speak to me. And uh, I said Wayne Newton's no stranger to the show because I've played the song The Real Thing on this before, at least once. I played The Real Thing on this show, probably one of the earlier episodes. And it's just, it's one of my favorite songs, honestly. If I had to list top 10 favorite songs, at least in the pop genre, I would absolutely go with The Real Thing. And I think it's a, an important song, too. You know, he's talking about he wants the real thing, real love. I want that real love. Uh, But the first song I'm going to play here uh, is actually the B side. It might be the A side. I'm not sure. Uh, It's one of the sides. It's a side, an aside, uh, from the same record. It's, It's the other side of the real thing, and it's a song called I Spy, and I'm ashamed of myself for not having played it before because you know how much I like what I would call creep hymns. You know, I love movies that are river struggles, but I love songs that are creep hymns, that are just unapologetically creepy. And uh, this one is, if you can imagine, it's called I Spy. It's a voyeuristic song, and it's a guy who's watching his girlfriend uh, hang out with another guy, and everywhere he goes, he runs into them. But then it culminates in him being in the bushes at a park watching them. Uh, so it's perfect. It's really one of the ultimate creep hymns, and it has all of the same songwriting sensibilities as the real thing. So it's necessary to play it. 1959, Wayne Newton, just a chubby little guy, no plastic surgery. And let me just talk about the plastic surgery thing, because a lot of people, you know, I've heard this before. Where people are like, how do they do that? Like, why do these people like butcher their faces so severely and not know it? Like, how do you get your face that far gone and not know that you've just 
you've gone so far past the point of no return that nobody can take you seriously. And it's because it's gradual. It's the same reason why people act like it's this big mystery, like how guys suddenly have comb-overs. And it's because it's a gradual process. Like, you start balding, so you start learning, like, which way to comb your hair to kind of still look okay, and it's respectable. As a guy who's losing his hair, I I understand that. You kind of, like, you learn how to style your hair, so maybe it's at least a little bit, you know, you still got enough or whatever. But then over time, as it thins out... You start getting more and more to the side. You start pulling more and more hair from the side of your head. And eventually you do end up with that barcode look of just a few strands. And they know they have it. But it's like, I I think it's probably one of those things, like, it's almost like asking a guy, like, why do you wear a hat? Why do you wear a hat? What's so great about wearing a hat? Uh, And it's because you want something on your head. We like having things on our head. Isn't that funny? Like, we love having things on our head, even if it's just a few strands of hair. Whether it's a crown, a baseball cap, or a few strands of hair, we like having something on our head. It's something that a lot of people like. Guys like wearing hats. Guys like having hair. <laughs> and uh, so it's it's the same thing with plastic surgery, where it's not like they just decided to butcher their entire face overnight. It's that they did a little bit here and a little bit there, and it's this slippery slope. Comb-overs, plastic surgery, so many other things work this way. So it's no mystery. Uh, although I think with eunuchs, I don't believe that that's a gradual process. I don't think you just gradually lose your balls. I think that's just a one-stop chop. A one-stop chop. Uh, but as far as I know, Wayne Newton never did that. He was able to get his voice up there, very high. But as far as I know, and I'm coming from no place of authority, I've never exam- I'm not Wayne Newton's doctor here. Turns out I'm Wayne Newton's doctor. <laughs> But yeah, 1959, Newton Brothers, really one of the ultimate creep hymns, and it's a pleasure to play it, I Spy. Uh, Newton Brothers, technically, actually. It's Wayne Newton singing, but it was when they performed as the Newton Brothers in the 1950s. I Spy.
to the park where in the bushes I hide. Lyrics don't get better than that. Crying in the bushes. And as he explains, for after all, I have my pride. I like how hiding in the bushes so nobody sees you crying is pride in that song. I'm so proud I'm going to just hide in the bushes and cry. And then he just happens to see his ex-girlfriend and her new date, her new steady date. That's a nightmare coincidence. That's one of those nightmare coincidences that would suck to be a stalker by coincidence. You know, you think about <laughs> like if she saw him there in the bushes, it's like, ugh. and my ex-boyfriend, he's stalking me. He has a really high pitched voice. A stalker by coincidence only. And as he says at the end of the song, I can't help it if I spy. I can't help it if I spy. I feel like that describes every living human being today. I feel like we're all a bunch of spies. We're all just spying on each other. Spying through our devices. Spying. Uh, but uh, that song, I decided to look up. I was curious about the songwriting credits. And both those songs were written by women. One of them, the I Spy, was actually written by the Conway sisters, who I'm not familiar with. Connie and Norma. Connie Conway and Norma Conway. Uh, it sounds familiar, the Conway sisters. I think I know that, actually. Uh, but uh, the real thing was written by Libby Quinn. And I don't normally get into like who wrote what songs, although I am very interested in when the artists themselves write the song. Uh, but uh, interesting, though, because he had that such an effeminate style, and if you didn't know better, you might think that was a woman singing. So it's interesting that both those songs were written by women, especially an unholy creep hymn like I Spy. I really like the fact that two sisters wrote that. They wrote about the nightmare coincidence of becoming a stalker by sheer coincidence. Uh, but I'm going to play another song by someone who's well-known too, but in a much different way, not in the context of music. And uh, this is going to be Gene Carroll and the Shades. Gene Carroll and the Shades, and it's another one from 1959. So you think at the same exact time that the Newton brothers were doing those two songs, this guy was doing this song. And it's called, Is It Ever Gonna Happen? Gene Carroll and the Shades. And uh, some listeners may know Gene Carroll better by his name, Mean Gene Okerlund, an absolute legend in pro wrestling announcing. Very well known for when Hulk Hogan was popular in the 1980s. Mean Gene did all those, he cut all those promos with the Hulkster, you know, he interviewed him. And uh, yeah, he's one of the most well-known announcers in pro wrestling history. But it turns out he had a rockabilly band. Turns out his voice wasn't just good for announcing pro wrestling. It wasn't just good for announcing, uh, you know, leg drops. Although he didn't do the play-by-play -play announcing. He just, he did the interviews, the promos. But it turns out his voice was also good for music. And this is a straight-up rockabilly song. Is it ever going to happen? A little more straight-up rockabilly than I typically like. A little more, you know, straight-up rockin' than I typically play. But because it's Mean Gene Okerlund and The Shades, Gene Carroll and The Shades, I can't not play it. And I was thinking about this the other day because I watched about 10 minutes of WWE, as they call it now, WWE. If you needed one sign that the world was falling apart, it was when they changed WWF to WWE. And I love the letter E, you know, as a uh, self-absorbed person, my name starts with E. 
Therefore, how could I not love the letter itself, E? But even then, you know, E, even, I put the E in even then. Uh, but uh, even then, you know, I, I could never get behind this WWE thing. So I still call it WWF. Uh, you know, a local grocery store changed their name a few years back, and I still call it by the old name, too. It happens to be where my favorite cashier works, too. No joke. Uh, but Gene uh, Carroll and the Shades, uh, oh, I was thinking about how I was watching like 10 minutes of like a new episode of Raw, or as we used to call it, Raw is War. Uh, and uh, I, it was just awful. It was unwatchable, absolutely unwatchable. And it made me realize, you know, my interest in pro wrestling is mostly nostalgic. Like I spent like a few months ago, I spent like, oh, God, I don't even want to talk about it, really. But I, I just marathoned through that podcast that Eric Bischoff from WCW NWO does. He has a podcast with some wrestling fan. And they just they tell you everything that went on behind the scenes, like during the height of WCW in the 90s, and I, um, I listened to it. I, I, I haven't listened to it in like a month, but I was listening to it a lot for a while there. But I was like, you know, I guess I'm not a true wrestling fan because I don't watch it anymore. But then I realized it's kind of like classic rock. You know, you say you're like a rock fan, and you only listen to like Black Sabbath or Led Zeppelin. Nobody's going to question that. Just because you only listen to classic rock from the 1970s doesn't make you any less of a rock fan. So I would say I like classic wrestling. And I appreciate the fact that it still exists, even if it's called WWE. But I realized like I'm a classic wrestling fan in the same way that some people are classic rock fans. And so that gave me a little oomph, you know, that made me feel justified in continuing to call myself a pro wrestling fan, even though I don't stay up to date, even though I don't watch it, even though I just listen to weird podcasts explaining like locker room politics from 1993. Uh, but this is Mean Gene Okerlund. Doesn't get better than this. Well, it does. You know, it's not my favorite song or anything. But the idea of a future pro wrestling announcer, the most famous one doing school night music, school night style music, it doesn't get better than that in the grand universal scheme of life. Is it ever going to happen? Is it ever going to be? Gonna have it. Is it ever gonna have it? Oh, ever gonna have it? Is it ever gonna have it? Woo! Now, 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 wait. 
WrestleMania 3 at the Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. It's a day that I'm certain my guests at this time will not forget. I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, Macho Man nothing Randy. Means that nothing means nothing. Nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? Or I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. Macho Madness, yeah, has got more to offer than President Jack Tunney thinks that I got. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Cards stacked against the Macho Man Randy Savage in WrestleMania 3. Yeah, let me say it, yeah. Let me say it out. Loud. And let me point to the president of the World Wrestling Federation, the Macho Man Randy Savage is not happy with your decision. Yeah, I am the cream in the World Wrestling Federation, wait, wait and there is no doubt about it. Yeah, you mean Gene Oakland? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Wait, wait a minute, though, Randy. I've got to ask you very seriously. Do you blame Mr. Jack Tunney, the distinguished president of the World Wrestling Federation, for Ricky Steamboat being the Intercontinental Champion today? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Outside interference here. Yeah. In my moment of glory. Yeah, no, I'm living in a nightmare. And I am the cream. And now, not only the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship belt must fall, but the World Heavyweight Championship belt. Because Hulk Hogan, yeah, I am the cream. Yeah, the cream of the crop. And there is no one that does it better than the Macho Man Randy Savage. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are, yeah. And I'm talking to everyone in the World Wrestling Federation. And I'm even talking to President Jack Tunney, yeah. I'm on my way. And nothing is gonna stop me. Nothing's gonna stop me. You know, just out of curiosity, Randy, and I certainly don't want to diminish your tremendous uh, God-given talents, but, but I'm very curious. I haven't seen Elizabeth lately. Yeah. She's on the outside of the ring. Does she interfere in matches? Yeah. Nothing. Zero. Yeah. Pure athlete. Yeah. And I've been, uh, yeah, maligned from the top to the bottom. And because they can't handle the macho man Randy Savage, the cream of the crop, nobody does it better. Yeah, as the song said, is it ever going to happen? I don't believe he specifies what. I don't believe he specifies what he's asking about. So he very well could have been asking, is it ever going to happen? Am I ever going to become a pro wrestling announcer? Well, Gene, you're going to become one of the best, the most well-known, the most famous, the most indisputably velvety-voiced pro wrestling announcers that the WWF, the WWE, has ever seen. Yeah, that was him talking to... uh, I want to be the ghost of uh, Christmas Future, and I want to go back in time and show Mean Gene Okerlund, little rockabilly, quote-unquote, Gene Carroll, and say... I want to go up to him and say, you know what, someday under your own given name, you're going to throw this Gene Carroll shit out the window. Your rock and roll career isn't going to matter. Your rockabilly career, it's not going to matter. I know that hurts to hear now. But you're going to become the biggest pro wrestling announcer in history. You're going to be a household nickname. You're going to be a household name with a nickname like Mean Gene and... Uh, It's going to be good, my friend. It's going to be good. And he was talking to Macho Man, obviously. I mean, if you didn't know that that was Macho Man, I don't know what to say. But, uh, you know, he's obviously one of the most famous pro wrestlers, so it's an easy pick. But those 
Macho Man promos are incredible, and it's mostly improv. You know, everyone talks about how pro wrestling is staged. All these pro wrestling atheists want to talk about how pro wrestling is staged, but the wrestlers do improvise. And, you know, we live in this world where it's like the Hollywood elite and these politicians that we put our you know, we we support these people. Oh, this celebrity matters. This this politician's going to change things. And really, they're just, they're going to the pedophile island. You know, it's, it's all in the news right now. It's like all these people are, you know, sick, uh, you know, New World Order pedophiles. All these people, obviously. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone who's famous, obviously. No, but really, you know, people come down on pro wrestling for being this or that. These pro wrestling atheists. It's fake. Just letting you know that thing you enjoy that you know all about, and one of the reasons you enjoy it is because it's a form of theater. It's fake. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where the pro wrestling atheists want to knock it, but then just listen to a Macho Man promo, and I recommend looking that one up, that cream of the crop, because as Macho Man's saying all that crazy shit, he's pulling out these little, he's doing magic tricks, and he's pulling out little coffee creamers, uh, like a magician. He's pulling them out of nowhere. He just has this endless supply of coffee creamers he's pulling out. I still don't understand where he's getting them. I mean, it's not like he's David Copperfield. He's Macho Man. But he's just pulling out all these little plastic uh, coffee creamers out of nowhere. And I love that line that he says in that promo where he says, unbalanced. I'm not going to do a Macho Man impression. It's fairly easy to do, but I just don't want to do it. Uh, But he says, unbalanced, off balance, it doesn't matter. I'm better than you are. I feel like that's just a great line for anything. Anything. Just say that to anybody. Say that to your mother-in-law. Unbalanced, off-balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are. Uh, But, yeah, the two best pro wrestling promo, deliverers of promo to me, Macho Man, obviously, and then Ultimate Warrior, who I believe I played some years back. I believe I played some Ultimate Warrior samples because they are so legitimately dark. And if you're familiar with Warrior, I mean, he went by Warrior in his own private life. And he referred to himself as one warrior nation. One warrior nation. And let me add, before I I stop talking about Mean Gene, I want to add that Mean Gene actually wrote that song. Uh, Mean Gene wrote that rockabilly song, Is It Ever Gonna Happen? Uh, He's actually the credited songwriter. Unlike Wayne Newton, Mean Gene writes his own songs. Uh, But, uh... Uh, yeah, going back to Ultimate Warrior, you know, his promos were so legitimately dark and scary, and he was so roided up, and uh, it's just, I recommend checking out Ultimate Warrior videos if you want to be unnerved. He talks about, like, grabbing the controls of a plane and taking it into a nosedive just to kill Hulk Hogan, and like I said, that's all just made up. They didn't write that stuff for those guys. And, you know, sometimes it's weird, sometimes it's awkward, but for the most part, some of those guys just came up with some just weird, chilling promos, Ultimate Warrior being the best. But One Warrior Nation, uh, and this next song uh, by a different artist, actually makes me think of that phrase, One Warrior Nation. And it's One Man World by Farron Young, the well-known country singer Farron Young, who's been played here before. Uh, One Man World. You've heard of the One Warrior Nation? Well, what about a one-man world? And of course, that's an incredible song title, incredible concept, almost a Twilight Zone sort of idea, you know, but a one-man world. It's an attractive idea, but the reality, reality of it is pretty harrowing, the idea of a one-man world. 
And that makes me think of another pro wrestling reference, which is there was a pro wrestler named One Man Gang, which I always loved. I didn't really watch him. I feel like I never really paid attention to him, but I remembered that name, One Man Gang. So we got One Warrior Nation, One Man Gang, and One Man World. So somehow Farron Young fits into that. He gets it. Farron Young gets it. Uh, but it's going to be a fair and young block. I'm going to play two songs from an album he has called I've Got Precious Memories. I've Got Precious Memories. My memory's not so precious. No, but I've Got Precious Memories. I like that as an album title. I feel like that was a, a risk, naming your album title that. I've Got Precious Memories. To have that sentimental of an album title. But Fair and Young, One Man World, and the second song from that I've Got Precious Memories album is The Woman Who Is Waiting. And I'm going to play a third song, and it's from a different Fair and Young album, so it'll be a full Fair and Young block. And the third song is another one with a great title, which is Occasional Wife. <laughs> this is my occasional wife. Hey, this is my occasional wife over here. I'd like, hey, excuse me, uh, hey, uh, this is my coworker, Jim. Jim, have you met my uh, occasional wife? I have an occasional wife. I have an occasional life. I occasionally have a life, I occasionally have a wife. But fair and young, starting out here with One Man World. Let my teardrops fall where they want to Let my love for you fade away If I have to hurt, then I want to If that will make your memory go away let my world come falling down around me Maybe then your memory will be gone Then I'll rebuild my world the way it should be A one-man world where I can live alone Let me build a world with no danger Of letting you remind me of the past Everyone I meet will all be strangers And maybe then my one-man world will last let my world come falling down around me Maybe then your memory will be gone Then I'll rebuild my world the way it should be A one-man world where I can live alone a one-man world where I can live 
feet Take me from this bar fast as you can I've got to leave here now while I'm still half a man Cause temptation I feel tonight is far from small I had better leave now before I fall I know I should have never come in here at all I was asking for trouble by not staying home Cause the beer and wine will numb my brain And I'll think of everything except the woman who waits for me at home But how am I supposed to keep my head When everyone in here is losing theirs And that girl at the bar sure looks good to me I guess I'll prove how weak a man can really be Looks like I've lost the battle between right and wrong I know now that I'll be here till early dawn I'll just pretend that I don't need and never really love The woman who waits for me at home The woman who waits for me at home On You the Consumer, Donna Diener of KNXT reports on a revolutionary new communications device. You have seen it. It is gaining rapidly in popularity. But as Donna cautions, there are a number of things to consider before you rush out to buy. If you've been attracted by all the ads for those convenient portable cordless telephones, you aren't alone. Right now, there are over 2 million portable phones in homes all over the country. And with competition uh, forcing prices down, more people are buying them all the time. And they've made it all very simple for the consumer. All you have to do is just plug one cord of this base into an electrical socket. The other cord goes into the regular phone jack. Then you're portable. Now this portable component, depending on the model, will go as far as a thousand feet away from the base without any problem. And you can make and receive calls from all over the world. If our life's worth living together, then why let it go? If our love's worth saving, it needs some attention to grow. It needs more than just an occasional piece of your life. A home just can't stand when it has an occasional wife. The name of the game you're playing must be. See how far you 
can go But can't you see What it's doing to me And the world we both used to chilly and dreary over the weekend with showers, but it didn't deter thousands of young college vacationers, those who were in Daytona Beach for drinking or devotions. They were here for a good time, and they had it. There were bands, booze, dancing, and beer. Then there were more bands, booze, dancing, and beer. The cycle kept repeating itself all weekend. The students said it was all part of getting high on life and music. The students here were also getting high on life and music. But this was different. It was a religious festival called Jesus 76, and it drew one of the largest crowds of the weekend. Some 25,000 people spent three days camping out in an orange grove and a cow pasture. Despite whether the students were at religious festivals listening to hymns or at the beach listening to acid rock, authorities say this is the best behaved group of students to invade Florida in years. However, they say that could change as the student invasion still has four weeks to go. Bruce Hall, CBS News. First time for love, and the first time I missed her, well I knew I was in love. I've seen a thousand girls, and I've kissed a thousand lips, but this was the first time that I ever felt like this. Oh, 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 the next day I saw her. I was in love, and, and we could have a love Just as strong as the stars above I've seen a thousand guns And I've kissed a thousand lips But this was the first time That I ever felt like this Oh, 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 this never So I'll make the best of it and keep on going. 
stone as the stars above It's a good thing he ain't singing about the last time. He's all about first, because he's Johnny Amico, baby. He's Johnny Amico. And it ain't going to be spring break unless we got Johnny Amico coming out. I'm flying back home to Ohio. I ain't staying in Florida if Johnny Amico ain't coming. With his acid rock. (laughs) That was acid rock by Johnny Amico. The first time he ever played acid rock. It turns out that's what acid rock sounds like. And honestly, I don't even know what acid rock sounds like. So you could tell me that was acid rock and I wouldn't question it. Especially from Johnny Amico, baby. We got ja- What's funny about that is Amico means friend in Italian. So his name is Johnny Friend. That's yeah, convenient last name for somebody who's looking to make friends. You know, it's a way to kind of like it's like almost like an underhanded way to become everybody's friend. If you change your last name to friend, you become everybody's friend. Because you're just known as friend. Hey friend, come over here. I'm only calling you that because it's, it's your name. You're not my friend. Just because your name is friend doesn't mean you get to be my friend. You can only be my friend if you like every single one of my posts. You know, I need, you know, I need more support from my friends. You're, just, you're Johnny acquaintance to me. I need more support from my acquaintances. I need my acquaintances to validate my online footprint more. I just, you know, I need more support from my casual acquaintances. You know, I I suffer from, from depression and anxiety because my casual acquaintances don't like every single one of my posts. But Johnny Amico does. Johnny Amico's on the ball. He's coming out to spring break. He's he's coming everywhere. Johnny Amico. But that is funny, the idea that that name means friend. I don't know what enemy means in Italian, but I hope there's a Johnny enemy out there, which actually kind of sounds Italian because it ends in an E. Um, but it's funny because his voice there, you know, he's an Italian guy. And typically with this style of music, if a guy's Italian, he'll have a more, it doesn't have to be a velvety voice. It could be like Dion and the Belmonts where it's more of like, you know, it's got a, a nice a pep to it. Uh, but a lot of the Italian singers sound very professional, even the lesser known ones. So it's funny that he sounds like such a fucking dork the first time. Just an awkward voice. He sounds like the dork of the neighborhood. Hey, you hear the dork of the neighborhood's got a music career. Isn't that always the truth? Uh, but Johnny Amico. You see the last name D'Amico more often. D apostrophe Amico, pronounced D'Amico. You can tell somebody doesn't know what they're talking about because they pronounce it D'Amico. It's D'Amico, which is a weird name too because that means of friend, which is almost like a weird way of calling someone an acquaintance. If your name's Johnny of friend, because I believe D'A means uh, D-E in Italian. I believe that means of. It does. Uh, so it's Johnny, uh, if, if your name is D'Amico, which is the more common name, your name would be Johnny of Friend. So it's like, he's Johnny of Friend, meaning he's like an acquaintance, maybe. He's of a, he's, he's one of my friend's friends. Johnny Friend's friend. <laughs> 
Uh, but we're going to keep going with the Johnnies. We're going to play another Johnny. It turns out there's a lot of people with the name Johnny, especially back then. And uh, this is going to be two guys, though. It's a, uh, One of them is a Johnny. They're not both named Johnny. It's Johnny and Dale. And the first song is going to be called This Silly Little Quarrel. And these two songs are from 1958. And it's Johnny and Dale. You have a lot of those groups, Santo and Johnny, not the same Johnny. But there's a lot of groups that are so-and-so and so-and-so. Friend and acquaintance, friend and friend, Johnny and Dale. I sure hope they're friends. And they're singing about a silly little quarrel, this silly little quarrel. And the second song is Consolation. Here's a consolation prize. Uh, you know, a consolation prize isn't even a prize. It's, you know, it's like an emotional punch to the head. It's, it's like when you get a prize as consolation, it's just an insult. Uh, but these two songs are good. Very, very raw. 1958, so the recording itself is raw, but just everything about it is very raw. And one of the guys does a falsetto voice, and it's, you know, it's great. It's, it made me think of, like, King Diamond or something. Who You know, how is, how is King Diamond not... Uh, an early doo-wop singer. You know, Ronnie James Dio was, as you know, I've played him on here a couple times, uh, Ronnie Dio had a doo-wop band, so it's kind of surprising to me that, given how old he is, that King Diamond didn't have, you know, some very early doo-wop group where he did falsetto vocals. Turns out King Diamond was influenced by Frankie Valli. Uh, why not? I mean, like, you don't just start doing that on your own. I guess you kind of do. I feel like falsettos are the voices you kind of do when you're by yourself as a kid, and you're just, like, hanging out in the bathroom, like, looking in the mirror, making faces, and you're also doing, like, weird voices, one of them being a falsetto. Uh, but uh, Johnny and Dale, so they, I don't know which one is which. I don't know whether it's Johnny or Dale who does the falsetto, because uh, the other one does more of this, like, the doo-wop sort of talking voice. Like, this is a story about a young man. This is a story about a boy who met a girl. You know, it's like, there's always that, like, doo-wop narrator, someone in the band who has a lower voice. So I'm guessing that's Johnny, but I don't really know. And I'm guessing Dale is the falsetto. But I like both their voices. And uh, the falsetto, though, gets me. And uh, their real names, I, lo I looked up their real names, and uh, it's Johnny Piggott and Dale Gathia which are strange last names, Johnny Piggott, P-I-G-G-O-T-T. -T. That doesn't sound like anything insulting. Piggott. Hey, hey, you Piggott. P-I-G-G-O-T-T. -T. That's a bad last name. No matter who you are, that's a bad last name. And I almost feel like somebody's going to report this podcast just because I'm saying it. Hey, Piggott. Hey, Piggott, get over here. Get your friend Dale to do that falsetto voice. I love it. Uh, Dale Gothia, G-O-T-H-I-A. That's a strange last name, and it pairs, you know, not very well with the name Dale. <laughs> Dale Gothia. Hey, Dale Gothia. Hey, don't you remember me from your high school? I'm Dale Gothia. I do the falsetto. And there's a, a lyric in one of these songs. I think it's in Silly Little Coral. It might be in Consolation. I, I can't remember. But it, it's, he says, I feel like dying in this high-pitched falsetto, and it's just fucking wonderful. Could end everything. Can't I make you see what sorrow this could bring? I lied to you, and you believe me. I'm so true. 
up music honestly listening to that both those songs all the way through just now it just made me realize how fucked up <laughs> that is because it's conversational you know it's the one of the guys is doing the low voice and the other person's doing the high pitched and the high pitched is supposed to be i was going to say it's supposed to be the woman in the relationship but nothing actually specifies that so really it's like you're listening to johnny and dale and they could be a gay couple 
It could be anything. They could be anything. Uh, but really, it's like it came out in 1958. So the idea is that Johnny and Dale are singing these songs where one is pretending to be the woman, almost in the Shakespearean tradition where male actors would uh, be would play the women in the story. Johnny and Dale, you know those singers? They they were following the, the Shakespearean tradition. It's the Shakespearean tradition. What do you mean they're gay? What do you mean they're gay? They're following the Shakespearean tradition. This tradition. i got to get a falsetto going myself. I'm not ready to try that on air. On air. On live air. This is so live. Uh, but good songs. They were just really fucked up. And I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's who. I don't know what's going on. Uh, as uh, the macho man Randy Savage said, uh, I think this quote also applies to Johnny and Dale. Unbalanced, off balance, it doesn't matter. I'm better than you are. That's how I feel. That's how Johnny and Dale are. They're better than you are. Oh, you think they're, you think they're weird? They're better than you are. Um, but we're going to close the episode out. We're hitting about 70 minutes here and going to play one more song for you. And uh, it's a very bluntly titled song. I love it. It's called I Don't Want to Go to the Moon. <laughs> and it's by the K-Twins, which is also a weird name. It doesn't really sound like a twin group. It doesn't sound like twins singing this, but they're the K-Twins. I don't, I don't really know what the K stands for. It could be a last name. It could be anything. It's a mystery. Just like Johnny and Dale, it's all a mystery. But the K-Twins with a song called I Don't Want to Go to the Moon. Well, nobody's making you. It's like one of those things where like, somebody says that to you, I don't want to go to the moon. And you're like, okay. It'd be funny if someone did try to make someone, you know. Like when we first started, de- when NASA first started developing the capacity to go to the moon, it would have been really funny if there was like a whole like, group of people who were like, you know, next thing you know, they're going to make your kids go to the moon. They're going to be flying your ki- You know, first they're going to land Neil Armstrong there, and then they're going to send your kids. Uh, But I don't want to go to the moon either. I would. No, I'd go to the moon. I'd go to the moon, but I don't think I'd stay. It was news to me. I just found out a couple of months ago that we weren't on the moon for very long. I assumed that, like, the astronauts spent the night there. But they were there for a short amount of time, like a matter of hours. I had no idea. They just walked around, and, like, for a couple hours. It was just like going to, like, the park for a barbecue. But it was on the moon. Uh, K-Twins, I don't want to go to the moon. Not even for a short visit. Not even for a second. Not even for me. If it was Johnny and Dale singing this song, one of them would be like, I don't want to go to the moon. The other would say, not even for me. Not even for me. There we go. There's an attempt. Good opportunity to end this show after doing that. But I don't want to go to the moon, K-Twins. You heard it from them, folks. They don't want to go. Don't even bring up Mars. Don't even bring up Saturn. God forbid you bring up Neptune. They don't even want to go to the moon. Our own little moon. Uh, But yeah, this is going to close out this here August Thursday, first Friday episode. Uh, And uh, what better way than resistance against lunar travel? Stay right here with the girls in school Let all those guys with the glints in their eyes Try to find another paradise But I don't wanna 
that regardless of the price, they simply don't sound as good as a regular telephone. We compared a $250 model with one costing less than $100, and they both had static. Some retailers tell us they won't even carry certain brands because the sound quality is so bad. We check every one of them that they bring to sell to us. We check them, and we check them right here in the store and make sure with all the obstacles we have on the way that if they have a good reception or not. You have to I reject don't... a lot of them? Yes, we do have to reject a lot. Other people who bought portable phones later found they didn't have necessary features, such as electronic touch tone. Just because the phone has push buttons doesn't mean it's really touch tone. This model actually dials the older rotary way. You couldn't use it with some long distance services that require touch tone, and with the telephone industry moving toward total touch tone, a phone without it could be obsolete in a few years. Now here's a portable phone that really has a lot of limitations. The push buttons for dialing out are in the base unit. They're not in the handset. Therefore, if you're out in the yard or something and you want to make a telephone call from your handset, you can't do it. You have to come all the way back into the house where your base unit is plugged in to dial your number. If you're thinking about buying a portable phone, it's a good idea to carefully list how and where you'll be using it and exactly what features you'll need. Also, you might find out if the retailer has actually tested the phones he's selling to see if they really work as well as the advertising claims. Donna Diener for CBS News, Los Angeles. Coming up next, Americans Assassin. <laughs>
land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can run free So take my hand And walk this land with me And walk this lovely land with me Though I am just a man When you are by my side With the help of God I know I can be strong So take my hand And walk this land with me And walk this golden land with me Though I am just a man When you are by my side With the help of God I know I can be strong land our home If I must fight I'll fight to make this land our own Until I die This land is mine